Mac McDonald, the head football coach at Kettle Moraine High School in Wisconsin, joined us on Sport and the Growing Good. I really enjoyed getting to speak with Coach McDonald. He has enjoyed tremendous success, state champions even, even though he's on the younger side as a head coach, he's doing great things. Two things that stood out to me about Coach McDonald. One is that he's known as the head football coach, obviously has done really great things there, but he's a special ed teacher in the high school also. And so he talked a bit about his work as a special education teacher and how that plays out on a day-to-day -day basis and how that goes well hand in hand with his role as a head football coach. It's a really common thing that a lot of our high school football coaches have important roles as leaders in the school on a daily basis. It's not just on the field, but it's their daily work in the school that helps them to get to know kids in a deeper level. So I enjoyed learning about Matt's work as a special ed teacher. Secondly, that when I asked Matt about what stands out about his program, rather than talking about any particular scheme or um, technical thing, he said a very simple thing, which I think is meaningful, which is we treat kids well. We treat kids well. And he went on to explain what he meant by that, putting the kids' interests first. And it's a simple thing, but a really important thing that all coaches can do, which is to give kids a space where they are known and respected and treated with integrity um, in all that they do. And he does that through his program. So that was great to hear. It was great to hear him talk about that. We're having a series here. We talked to some of the great coaches throughout the state of Wisconsin. And so Matt was one of them. And thank you so much for taking the time out of the middle of your school day to join us on Sport and the Growing Good. Coach Matt McDonald. There we go. So Matt, thank you so much. It's an honor to have you with us here today. And uh, just you've accomplished in short order, great things, winning the state title at Kettle Moraine and, and doing a lot of other good things, I know. But before we get to kind of the successes on the field, I'm interested just going back to when you were a kid, when you were an athlete along your journey, were there certain coaches who were particularly impactful upon you or, or leaders? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot, right? I played a ton of sports growing up, um, you know, a lot of youth sports and the, just the different dads and all that. And uh, but the first coach that really made like a significant impact on me was Mr. Willis. He was our coach Willis. He was our, I went to Walk Trail West High School. He was the chemistry teacher um, and the head freshman football coach. Um, and I just thought he was the coolest dude ever, had the coolest job ever. Like he was just in the building all the time. Um, you know, we got to see him all the time. He was like our first impact of the high school. Um, so he made a big time impact. And then, you know, again, at Walk Trail West, it, if, you know, people – in Wisconsin should know that that's a power high school for a reason. Um, so then obviously their defensive coordinator, Terry Beal made a big impact, you know, just how he interacts, how he taught the game, how he like explained things. Um, and then, you know, coach Rux, Steve Rux is, is a legend too. So like I, I, he obviously had a tremendous impact on me growing up. So like really just all those Waukesha West guys, coach Burton was our position coach. Um, and just kind of see the differences of like how they all interacted together and like how we got to interact with each of those coaches differently based on who they were was was pretty awesome and, and all those guys for sure have had a lasting impact on me you mentioned uh the first coach coach mr willis as yeah. a, as a chemistry teacher 
um, the idea of him being in the building. Did you ever have him for class as well? Yeah, I had him for chem, and then I liked him so much I had to take AP chem, even though I was pretty average-ish student. But um, yeah, so like, yeah, I just thought he had the coolest job. Of and again, like, I never got to have Coach Rux as a teacher. I'm sure I would have felt the same way in his class, but I just happened, and it was my freshman year too. So it was like, a, you know, everything was the first time experience of high school and stuff. And so yeah, I'll never forget him for sure. Why did you play sports as a kid? Why? Why was that a thing you wanted to do? That's a really good question. I don't know that I remember exactly why. Like I always just was gravitated toward him, always enjoyed him. I wanted to try everything. Um, you know, I remember playing like soccer and then flag football and basketball. And I mean, my dad was into sports. So I'm sure that had something to do with it too, but it was never like pushed or anything. I just like wanted this gymnastics, like anything. I just liked being active, I guess. And then it just kind of became a thing from there did you have certain lessons as a kid as you think back you know uh of course we always remember like the successes the winning the championships or whatever but did do you remember certain lessons you learned as a kid playing sports that you kind of see playing out even today um I mean I think like just the value of work and like the outcome of you know like you're not gonna like you can work as hard as you want but that doesn't mean you're gonna be successful or you're gonna be good at something that type of stuff has always stuck with me um and I think the biggest thing I take away from my youth experience is I was never like a superstar athlete at like any level beyond like rec league right where like so any type of like true competition I was never like the star um and so like to be able to like just kind of have that experience as an athlete of like what it's like to just kind of be the average guy on the team. Like you're not really terrible, but you're not good. And, you know, like how you interact with those guys and the coaches and like kind of just have a different experience than like the stars have because the game comes a little bit easier to them, that type of deal. So like I think like, just kind of learning the and sitting there and watching and like getting value out of it. Um, despite not, you know, playing 48 minutes of a basketball game or scoring 50 points or whatever it is. Um, and knowing then like now, like that's the majority of the kids I coach, right? Like there's only, there's only 11 starters. So every other kid on the roster is that guy. And and so making sure that I know like they still have to get something out of it and, and the experiences that they can get out of it. And like, um, just like, and I remember a couple of times like in, in a close game where like I got to come in that, you know, I normally might not and like how much that meant to me as a kid. Um, and so like trying to be able to do that to those kids too and, and just understand like how meaningful and impactful like some of those small decisions can really make on those guys. And I want to ask you more about that, about your um, coaching with your team right now. But even before that, I know a lot of people who follow football in Wisconsin, of course, followed your run to the state title, um, but maybe less of them know about your work as a special education teacher. Can you sure. tell us why you became a special ed teacher and what you do? What does your daily work look like as a special ed teacher? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I love it. Um, my mom's a special ed teacher. So that was like a big thing. Um, I actually first went to school to be a business teacher because um, I also thought like being a business teacher and a football coach would be awesome. Um, and I got into that and, and just kind of was up in the air about it. It's like, if I really enjoyed it. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know, I was kind of struggling. I remember calling my mom and, and then she kind of was telling me about, you know, maybe I should think about special ed because, you know, all the kids that 
she worked with at home that I, you know, enjoyed working with and stuff. And, and so I, I decided that's probably a good idea and switched roles to special ed and things really took off from there. Like in my education got a lot better. I got a lot better. I had a lot more fun. Like it was more engaged, that type of stuff I had a lot more vision for my future. And, um, and on a day-to-day basis, like uh, special ed world is crazy. You know, like it, it just kind of, you're in a million different rooms. It kind of just depends on each day, you know, cause we have, 12 to 15 kids that we you know we're like on our caseloads we're like we're responsible for but then we're also scheduled in classrooms um so you might not see all those kids so then you're trying to track down those other kids in different classrooms and just staying on top of them for work and obviously like helping them like access content and, and do that type of stuff so um it's fun no day's ever the same you know like you're always you still have your like general routines but just because of the population we work with and, and what they need to do it on a day-to-day basis your schedule's just constantly fluctuating i'm having some camera issues you can see but can you still hear yep. me yeah okay. i still got you um i wonder about the relationships that you have with the kids that you teach with special with your students and then uh in their families are you able to develop relationships with them and what do you draw from them oh for sure you know i think that's same thing with coaching like that's my first priority and first goal is to like get to know the kids and establish a strong relationship with them before anything else happens um and i think it helps i'm the football coach it helps that you know we've had some success because then like i'm a relatively popular guy on campus so like it's kind of cool to talk to me and hang out with me and stuff. So it kind of removes some of that stigma of like, oh, you know, you're working with a different teacher because you're not as smart as, as, as it kind of changes it to, oh, you get to go with coach. Can I come to and, you know, or like, you know, it's, it's and it's not uncommon for me to talk to, uh, I don't know, we have 1200 kids here. So probably 800 students in a day. So, you know, like nobody is that the kids don't feel quite as singled out when I talk to them that, as they might in a more traditional special ed teacher setting just because of who I am. Um, and we have another football coach who, who's a special ed teacher too. And and so same thing with him, um, you know, because again, we just talk to so many different kids. And, and so it's like, you don't feel, it gets lost that like I'm a special ed teacher. Like I'm just coach around here to everybody. So like the kids aren't quite as singled out when I go and, and help them. And, and so I think that helps a little bit with their confidence and, uh, you know, I, I think also there's a little bit of high school in this, you know, like it's cool to work with the guy that everybody knows type of deal. So then like I get a little bit more, I don't know, positive mindset, I guess, from the kids yeah. while I'm working with them, less defiance type of deal than some of the other teachers have to, you know, overcome. Yeah. In reading about your trajectory, it's it was interesting for me to see that you have been on a lot of different places. So you... You ended up not too far from where you started now at Kettle Marine. Yeah. Growing up in Waukesha, but in between, it looks like you, you've you had time in the college level and then also coaching down in Florida and Mississippi. Um, how did you end up in those places and what did you learn in those different stops? Yeah, I mean, it was so uh, like my first coming out of college, I was like, I want to coach college football, you know, like a lot of, you know, young coaches and stuff. And um I ended up getting some jobs really late, but it was already like I had signed a teaching contract. So I was just like, I'm going to teach for a year and I'll, I'll try again. And and so then I did that. So I taught for a year in Northern Wisconsin, um, went to Hiram College in Ohio. It's a division three school. So I got to learn 
that not all Division three schools are like Whitewater, it turns out. Um, you know, I was a little blown away of, of just the level of athlete, the level of coaching, the level of facilities. Not that it was a bad spot by any means, but like Whitewater is, is kind of a crown jewel, I guess, for a reason. Like there's a reason they're winning a bunch of national championships. Um, and it's not like that everywhere. So like that was interesting. And then I got to learn, you know, how to recruit kids and, you know, going into schools and talking to these high school guys and um, kind of seeing like what they're doing and how they're doing it. And then, you know, obviously talking to a, a bunch of different kids and, um, and then just college football, like you learn so much because you don't have to teach. Right. So like there's nothing else to do all day with football. So like it was a big time learning experience in the game of football. Um and then it kind of came down to, do I want to keep chasing like all these like low level college jobs and hope someday to be a, you know, a coordinator or a head coach and make $65,000 at these low levels? Or do I want to go be a high school guy? I could probably be a head coach, you know, relatively quick, um, make a lot more money teaching and, and have a little bit more stability. Um, does it matter that it darked out? No, it's fine. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So, so, so have a little bit more stability that way. And um, so I decided to do that, but I was like, I'm not going back to Wisconsin where football is kind of a short season. And, and then I, like, not that it's an afterthought, we have really good football here, but like, it's just not as passionate as down in the South. Like there's a big difference. So I was like, I'm going to go while well, I'm still young and I can explore that. So I went down to Florida um, you know, again, like different atmosphere, different clientele, a lot more diversity. So like that was fun to experience and, and coach and like, you know, like the, there's a lot of different like relationship things that you got to navigate through and different expectations. And like in Florida, it, we practiced every day over the summer from like six to 12, six to one, depending on the day, you know, it's so like a lot different workload, um, you know, and, and you have spring football and spring games and a scrimmage game. And then you have like 10 regular season games and then the playoffs. So like there's a lot more football. So you learn a lot in that regard. And um, it, yeah, and, and, and the different level of like financial commitment that those places put in, like Florida does not, it turns out. Um, I think a lot of people have some misconceptions just because there's so many good athletes in Florida that, the facilities and like how much they spend on athletics and stuff matches that. And it, it doesn't like Wisconsin kicks their butt as far as like what they want to put into athletics. Like Florida is going to have some way faster kids, but um, it's not for a matter of like community spending or anything like that. Um, so that was interesting. And then it was like um, a little far, you know, it was, it was like a 20 hour drive to get home or, you know, for my family to come to me and, um, you know, so it was like, okay, maybe we go back about halfway and, um, still are in the South, get it to like a 10 hour drive or less. Um, so I was looking at jobs in Tennessee, um, in North Carolina, like Eastern Tennessee, um, you know, trying to get towards the mountain ranges, right? Like, uh, that'd be a fun part of the country to explore and still get some football and, um, had a couple different opportunities, but then, um, and towards the last minute, I got a, a call from a guy named Tyler Turner, um, who's had tremendous impact on me. He was a head football coach at Liberty Tech in Jackson, Mississippi, when he called me, um, interviewed with him and got the defensive coordinator job. So went up there in, in Jackson, Tennessee, um, which is all the way. It's, it's right next to Mississippi, essentially. Um, and got up there, started working for him and. I think it was three days later, he called me and he said he's taking this job in Mississippi at Olive Ranch High School. 
I was like, oh, well, I just moved all my stuff into Jackson to like work for you. So that was quite the um, shock. And then he called me a day later when he talked to the principal a little bit more and said I could come with him if I wanted. So I did. Um, so that's how I ended up in Mississippi. Um, no plans on ever living in Mississippi, but um, I wanted to follow him. And it was it was great. It's it, it's Olive Branch is technically a suburb of Memphis. So it was basically like living in Tennessee. Um and there I learned a tremendous amount too, because that place was a, is kind of a mix between the places I've ever been. Like they, they were well-funded. They cared a lot about athletics. Um, they had a lot of diversity, a lot of athletes, a lot of expectations of, of coaches, of teachers. Um, things ran a lot different from the school perspective too. Like it was like, you know, like if you were a coach, it was a big deal to be a teacher too. Um, and, you know, like if a kid ever had, we had great kids, great kids, but if, if they ever had the slightest um, issue in school, it was just like send an email to the coach and the coach is going to come get you and, and game over. Um, so like, it was cool to be in that role where it was just like, and we had seven coaches on staff all in the high school. Um, so that was neat. And it was just like, it was the role that like the coaches were, big time deals because you guys were the ones that like made sure everybody would like listen to the teachers um you know like and if there were any problems like all the discipline came through whatever coach you had um you know didn't really go through the office unless it really you know unless it was a little severe which you know never really happened so that was fun to see how they like ran it and connected academics and athletics and you know the teacher support of athletics and you know because they saw the value of of what those kids would do after school. And then obviously like the, the value of if they're not getting their work done, just, Hey, do we need to get coached in here? And, you know, things get done all of a sudden. So um, that was really neat. And then coach gum was the head coach here at Kettle Moraine. And he had been on me the year before about potentially coming back. Cause I, you know, I was thinking about coming home, but again, there's, a handful of schools I was truly interested in like it was going to have to be like a classic eight or a greater metro school just because my family's from this area so if I'm going to come back to Wisconsin it's going to have to be in the area and then it's going to have to be really good football um, so I kind of had those two conferences picked out um, as the only places I'd come back for so it was interesting and then you know it just kind of worked out it didn't work out that first year and then the second year um, it worked out and it was hard to leave Olive Branch uh, I, it, it was a really difficult decision, but I just felt like it was a chance to come back. And I didn't know, you know, I knew I wanted to come back eventually, start family, all that good stuff. Um, so I needed to come back. And I was like, it's one of the schools who knows what the next time a job is going to be open. So took it and then, yeah, came back here. What a winding journey. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's just interesting to see how you, you pulled something from each stop. And, um, I guess a recurrent theme we've heard over the years here as we've worked with so many coaches is that it is a, a livelihood that can have a lot of unexpected turns. Um, sure. What has guided you through that? For example, a time like when you move to a spot and that a couple of days later <laughs> the coach tell you he's leaving, like what has been your grounding to get through the kind of ups and downs of that kind of thing, but even the ups and downs of, coaching you know how it can there's such highs and such lows how do you sure. stay steady yeah I mean I think part of it's just like my personality like I, I just kind of even keel in general um but a lot of it is just early on at least was knowing like what I wanted to get out of 
each coaching stop, right? Like at the end of the day, football is football, whether it's in Wisconsin, Michigan, Florida, Alaska, right? Like football is going to be football. The kids are going to be kids. Um, you know, so just knowing that wherever I'm going to be, I'm going to have an opportunity to impact the kids. I'm going to have an opportunity to get what I need out of it, to learn as a coach. Um, and then just, I've always had that drive to be a head coach. And, and so it was just like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get a resume built up where I can deserve a job. And then also to get to the point where I could be successful or feel that I could be successful once I am in that position. So it was kind of just following the education of football. I've heard you in some other interviews and read a couple of things about how you focus on leadership development with your team and how that's something that's important to you. Um, what does that look like? How do you develop leaders in your program? Yeah, I mean, we we try hard to develop leaders at all grade levels, um, and it's kind of changed throughout my years here. Um, the first couple of years here, it was just like pick you know, the kids got to vote on who they thought was a leader in their grade level. And we took like six seniors, two juniors, two sophomores, um, and we'd have leadership classes and and go through that. And now it's evolved to anyone who wants to be a leader or feels they could be a leader, they're more than welcome. And so we meet once a month um, and kind of go through some of my leadership philosophies. We go through, I give them like a homework assignment. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's, so there's a variety of different like assignments that I do. It's just obviously something I feel connects to leadership, connects to our team. They have to do that. Then the next month, like they bring that back and we kind of just have a discussion about that. And, and um, you know, so like that's how we try to develop it as far as like teach it. Um, and then we try to develop it a lot too, because I give them a lot of freedom of our leaders. Like, how do you guys want to warm up? How do you want to practice? How does this look? Like, obviously I always tell them at the end of the day, it's my program. If, if I hate what you're doing, I'm going to change it. Or, you know, like I always have that authority, but um, like giving them a lot of power. Cause I mean, kids learn by doing right. Whether it's math, science, or leadership, like you have to learn, you, you have to be in that position to learn it. You know, so we have different kids lead our warmups. Um, you know, we have kids try to lead different things in the weight room. Um, different kids rotate through the leadership line at practice or at games. And, um, you know, we, we give them different opportunities. All the seniors get opportunities to talk to the team at certain points and with each other. And um, so that they just feel that. And then obviously I feel like we do a pretty good job of modeling leadership in front of them and what that looks like it means and that type of stuff too. We have this coaching study going and, uh, one of the interesting themes that's emerging, Matt, relates to um, the kind of gray area between vulnerability as a coach, meaning like opening up and showing that I don't always know it all versus authority. And so like on one hand, so I just heard you say like, you know, this is my program. I'm going to make ultimately the decisions because that's as a head coach, you have to have like the, you know, the authority you have to exert um, complete ownership over it. At the same time, there's this straddling of like openness and transparency. How have you experienced that in these initial years, especially of coaching um, again, showing the real you vulnerable yeah. versus showing you're in charge? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a tough, dichotomy or whatever you want to call it. like it's hard to balance that line um and i think 
you know, I do think kids respond really well when you tell them like, oh yeah, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure if I know that answer yet. Um, or, you know, you admit when you make a mistake and that type of stuff. And, um, but also, yeah, like they have to know that, you know, you're the guy in charge at the end of the day. So I think, I guess what I try to do at least is give them a lot of freedom, a lot of choices and, and just kind of set the basic standards. And as long as you're meeting those standards, things are going to be good. Um, you know, and then you also got to show them if they're not meeting those standards, that something bad's going to happen. Um, and you're capable of handling that in those situations. You know, I think the hardest part, especially when you're younger and, and, and just early in the journey is, is everyone's going to call you soft, right? Like everyone's going to say, Oh yeah, he's too soft. He lets the kids warm up however they want, or like, you know, he lets this happen or she lets this happen with those kids. And, um, you know, I think you just kind of got to know that you have the bigger picture in mind. And, and a lot of people who see your program for a short period of time, don't see all the other work that you're doing or like, don't understand the big picture yet. Um, and so you just kind of got to be af not afraid to, take all that criticism and see what happens with it, obviously. But yeah, I, I think it is like, you just got to, I mean, you nailed it. Like you have to be vulnerable with those kids. They have to know that like you're open to what they are doing. You're open to their suggestions. doesn't mean that you're going to take every single one, you know, and we have that within that leadership meeting, we have that conversation with them all the time, right? Like same thing with the assistant coaches. Like I want your feedback. I want to know what you think. Sometimes I'm going to take it. Sometimes I'm not. That doesn't mean I don't care. That doesn't mean I'm not listening. That doesn't mean I think you're dumb. Like it just means that's not how I want to do it. Um, and at the end of the day, like my favorite line with the coaches at least is like at the end of the day, when we lose a game, it's my name in the paper, not yours. So like we're at least going to try it my way um, if I got to take all the blame for the loss. So and I think that resonates with those kids, too. Like they appreciate having some say, but they know you know, and they also, a lot of them, like, it's funny in the leadership stuff, like when they like write feedback and stuff, they'll kind of say like, yeah, we know that we need to like get on, like you need to get on us at times, even when we don't really like it. Like they know they need it um, and aren't going to do it on their own. So like they understand that, but then they also understand, like, they think it's cool that they can, you know, have some power and some authority in the program. And I mean, I think that's the direction all sports are headed right now as it is. So coaches better get on board. <laughs> I always think it's interesting, no matter what sport, if you go to like a coaching convention or conference or whatever, and I almost see these two big buckets of like some coaches are are super excited to talk scheme, you know, to, to, to really get into X's and O's. And that's like, of course, critical for all coaches. You got to know your scheme. You got to know the technical stuff. You got to have a system. Then you have other coaches who are really eager to talk about culture and like things like leadership and developing a culture. And of course, like the two feed each other, you know, a great scheme can help foster a positive culture and vice versa. Um, when you think about your own program now, is there something that you are especially excited to talk about when you speak with other coaches? Like what are you most excited about with what you're doing with the Kettle Marine program? That's a good question. I, I don't know that I like there's anything that like just jumps off. You know, I think we, I guess, I think we do a really good job, job of treating kids the right way. Um, you know, making sure they feel valued, important. I think we're, I guess, I guess the other thing is I do feel like we're pretty ahead of the curve as far as um, training for like speed, agility, um, strength and conditioning type of stuff. Like we're, 
you know, and, and part of that's going right back to treating the kids the right way. Like we don't require our kids, like if they're in basketball season, like I'm not trying to go and hammer them on lifting weights all the time. And like, you know, like we try to have what's best for the kid is the first priority of the program. And then the second programs what the second priority is what's best for our program. Um, and then the third, you know, and go down from there, but number one's what's best for the kid. Like I remember our, uh, stud running back that helped us win the state championship game as a junior um, had a chance to go down and play in a huge all-star showcase in front of a million college baseball scouts. And it was during the middle of football season. He was going to have to miss a game, um, a conference game, a big conference game at that, you know, like, so it was hard to swallow that pill. And like, cause he asked, like he asked if he could, or if he, you know, needed to go play football. And it was just like, well, you want to play college baseball, potentially this is a great opportunity. Number one priority of our programs was best for you. Then it's what's best for our program. So like we told him to go and go have fun and go dominate at baseball. So like, you know, I think that's, I guess the stuff that I would be most excited about. It's just like we, you can win doing things that other people might call soft and, and just doing what's best for kids. Just a couple more questions for you, Matt, one kind of looking back and one looking forward. So looking back, I had a conversation not long ago with this famous uh, high school coach, Bob Hurley, who's from out in ran the St. Anthony's program in New Jersey over the years. Yeah. I wrote and, a book. Yeah. Yeah. He's really yeah. great. And uh, one of the things he said, what's that? He swept the floors all the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great. So many good lessons from coach Hurley, but um he said something along the lines of it takes five years to know who you are as a coach. And he, he said he, he was reminiscing over some of the, his early kind of, you know, things he just had to experience that you can read any book, but you have to experience it to grow as a coach. As you look back um, on your early years, like what have you learned about yourself? What have you learned about yourself as a, as a coach that's kind of unique to you? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, just learned how to how to handle everything you know and and do it your way right like at first especially when you're young and you're new everyone's got advice everyone's got opinions you're like trying to listen trying to like you know like incorporate everything um and then the longer I get the more like I get into like how I want to see things and how I want to do things and um and then you can kind of see the paradigm shift from like everybody giving feedback on what you should do versus how can we prove what you're already doing or like how can we adapt it to something that you really already like and do. Um, and so it's just like learning how to do that, right? Like learning how to talk to the parents, learning how to communicate everything, learning how to communicate with the kids. Um, you know, how do you want your meetings ran? How do you want practice schedules? Like all that um, and doing it in a way that like fits you um and your personality and then just not being upset when it doesn't fit everybody's style um you know because especially football right like at the end of the day there's 113 kids on our roster and 16 coaches um so not everyone's gonna be happy all the time so it's just like you know and dealing with that and learning that that's okay and how to deal with that without getting really down on yourself and then i think the other part that's hard to learn is 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 just dealing with the losses right like because every time you just feel like you let those kids down every time you feel like there's something else you could have done or should have done or like 
and you just feel terrible about it. You just feel terrible. Like this, not even just the competitiveness, just like you just the letting of the kids who it means everything to down. So you got to figure that part out. Yeah. Yeah. That idea of being yourself though is probably one of those things that takes experience finding out how you respond to the moment and in your own way is, which is different from everyone else. For sure. Um, So my last question then is just you, you know, there are a lot of coaches who coach for 40 years and never win a state title or, and they're great coaches. So, yeah. You know, no doubt. It doesn't mean that they're, it has really anything to do with how great they are as a coach, but you've had these super successes in terms of outcomes. What do you aspire toward in the future? What are your deepest kind of hopes as a coach? Well, you know, obviously it just continued, right? So like, it depends how you want the answer to be like selfishly, um, like I would like to be a Hall of Fame coach someday. Selfishly, I would like to leave a mark at Cal Moraine that like lasts long after I'm gone and kids are gone or old and stuff like, um, you know, and then in the more near term, I guess, is 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 just create. It's always just create a place, an environment where the kids like remember Kettle Marine High School being special, right? Whether it's, you know, like I, I just think there's so many people that you talk to that like, they didn't really like their high school or like they don't have a bunch of nice things to say about where they're from or whatever. And I just don't want that to happen to any kid who went through Kettle Moraine, particularly football players, but any student, but um, you know, for sure those football guys is just like making sure they leave with something they're proud of, making sure they leave with something they felt they were valued in and, and that type of deal. Right.